It is November 19th, 2017. You're listening to Fancy... Wait, how... Are you videoing this? Yes. Fuck you. <laughs> there, there's no point, because we can't hear Scott. I know. I know we can't hear Scott. It's November 19th, 2017. You're listening to the Fancy Ramen Podcast. I'm Neil. I'm Cookie. And I'm Scott. Scott, I couldn't see you. Where Where are you, Scott? <laughs> oh, right. I'm always with you in spirit does that mean like you're with me when i use the restroom <laughs> scott's a pervert i'm both i'm both uh within and without you neil i can't go into any more detail than you're that. you're all around me are you also responsible for all this, the terrible thoughts i feel <laughs> can i commit crimes no. and blame them on you <laughs> Ooh, I no i i wouldn't take it that too far I, I just wanted to like follow the theme of the Force, since we'll have some Star Wars talk later in the episode today. I have a feeling a lot of people are not necessarily uh, feeling the Force too much lately. What have your weeks been like, guys? Cookie, uh, you first. Okay. Well, I've been not that busy at work, but that's going to change pretty soon. And I did see a movie that was surprisingly better than it should have been. I'm trying to think of movies. Uh, was it Thor? No, I did see Thor though. That was that was still good though. Did I talk about Thor last week? I don't think you did. Oh, yeah. I don't think we've talked about it, and I actually saw that in theaters too. Ooh, I've heard a lot of good things. I liked it. It was not the movie I expected it to be. It was the best character is the one that the uh, director voice acts. Who's that? Uh, Krug, I think. The rock monster. He's the, he's the rock monster. Yeah. I'm glad you knew his name, because, yeah, he was, they, he was the best. Did they just make another tree character from Guardians of the Galaxy? No, he's no. so much more uh, linguistically developed than Groot. It was Krug, you Yeah, said? Krug. He's a <laughs> okay. cheeky, New Zealand-accented rock monster who is just kind of along for the ride throughout the whole movie. And honestly, if they renamed it, Thor, Tales of Krug, that's fine by me. Krug just needs it's his own really spinoff, honestly. Yeah, I would watch a movie with him as a character. <laughs> well, what was the movie you saw that uh, that was surprisingly good or better than it should be? Well, I can honestly tell you that DC is getting better at making movies. Wait, you're talking about Justice League? Mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, I saw a... Uh, spoilers! In case we need to actually say that. I saw the leaked at the time scene of uh, Superman's revival or resurrection. Hey, not all the parts were gems. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> the movie was better than expected. There, there are just so many problems in that scene. Like he gets blasted by Cyclops and suddenly afterwards he's sweating, like profusely sweating. Like, man, didn't hurt me at all. But that heat wave sure was something. Or wait, I'm confused as what you're talking about. <laughs> when he uh the the scene or the leaked video I saw had uh Superman standing and there was no dialogue being given, and you see the reactions of all of the heroes in the Justice League as they see Superman like standing up and kind of surveying the land. And of those descriptions, it, it's especially no, like noteworthy that you see uh, Wonder Woman and Flash just like 
about ready to lose their shit over how excited they are. They're like, oh, oh, Superman. Oh, it's so good to see you, even though we have no feelings or have never met you before. Superman. Wonder Woman's uh, Superman. But they didn't even have one line of dialogue between the two of them in the entirety of Batman versus Superman. Like, cool, how man. the fuck do you screw that up? They're supposed to be, like, best friends. Anyways, that's a different movie. And The Flash is just the fanboy. He does the fanboy thing throughout the entire thing. Okay, that that makes that believable. But, anywho, and like, Superman Cyborg. apparently just starts fighting everyone because he doesn't know anything or doesn't have memories or something like that. And yeah. at some point, as they're trying to, like, kind of beat Superman out of his rage-filled whatever-the-fuck... Cyclops like shoots him with a Cyborg. laser. Cyborg, sorry. <laughs> that was the part that threw me off. I was like, Cyclops? <laughs> uh yeah, Cyborg uh shoots him with a laser or something. Is it from his eye? No. What what a cannon, right? It's a concussion arm cannon. Normally okay. he has an arm and, cannon. Yeah. And he wasn't sweating as he came out of the Lazar Lazarus ish type pit that they established in Batman versus Superman. Uh so he just came out of a lot of water. Okay. He was just okay. damp. Yeah. <laughs> he, it, it's just that he didn't look that damp when he was out. And you know what? Uh, I'm judging this on like a shitty handy cam video from a theater. So I probably shouldn't say anything else. Uh, but, but you enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Actually, it was like, okay, they are finally understanding how to make a movie better. They're going a little less dark, not right. Dark Knight rises now with their movies. But but I don't understand. Did you not like Dark Knight Rises? I did, but then everything became Dark Knight Rises, and that's what did Superman movies in. Okay. Because everything was all dark and broody. Yeah, yeah. I, and it doesn't make sense with, within the context of, like, you're doing that to a character that is all about representing mankind's hope. Like, Superman should not be a brooding superhero. Yeah. I have a lot of opinions about like the way the DC movies have been going, but I don't necessarily feel like they're going to contribute anything worthy to this conversation. Uh, <laughs> Either way, I'll say don't see it in theaters. Definitely red box it, but it did. It was better than I expected it to be. Your expectations were low and it turned out to be okay. Maybe decent. It was, I enjoyed wonder woman more because it was the turnaround point for them. It was somewhere between, ooh, because, yeah, they did Suicide Squad, too, and I like Suicide Squad. I heard, I heard, like, very bad things about that movie, though. Yeah, that got really bad critical reception, but... But did you go into that movie thinking it was going to be bad? No. I went into that movie actually wanting to enjoy that movie, so... And it didn't disappoint. I enjoyed the movie. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was just a mashup of lots of cool scenes and one-liners. It's what I want in my movies about superheroes. Because that's all superheroes are, man. One-liners? Yeah, he's not looking for extreme depth here. Mashups and one-liners. Pretty much. So it was somewhere between the seriousness of Wonder Woman and the silliness of Suicide Squad. I already forgot the name of that movie. <laughs> and I heard Thor. Granted, that's Marvel, but that's also not like the most serious movie. Oh, that movie's not serious at all. Yeah. And no. Me and Lizzie were laughing out loud the entire movie. So that movie was just as good as I expected it to be. It was not the movie I expected it to be, though. Because I was like, okay, saw Thor 1, that was not good. Saw Thor 2, did not see Thor 2 because I knew that movie was going to be terrible. And something about the trailers from Thor 3 was like, okay, I think this is, is going to be worth watching. I showed Lizzie a 
trailer for it and she's like this looks like an average superhero movie i was like yeah but something about it tells me it's going to be enjoyable something about that clip art title tells me it's going to be different (laughs) (laughs) you all know what i'm talking about anyone who's used uh microsoft office word 1997 would know yeah but yeah so that one movie i saw was really good well it was good not gonna use the word really in front of that the dc one Thor was good too. What did you think of Thor, Scott? Was do you think it was worth the forty five dollars you paid well, to see it? You, uh, I, I still probably didn't feel that great about seeing a superhero movie and paying any money. Um, but that's just like that's my particular preference. I'm really not in for those. But since I was going to be seeing it one way or another, since Sierra wanted to, um, I was happy that it was as good as it was. That it was less serious and also i didn't need a huge amount of information to care or be filled in as to why the plot was that way after not seeing either avengers movie or um the previous thor films and so i had fun and that's all i could really ask for so if i can i mean if i can give it a thumbs up i feel like just about anybody can go and enjoy that movie so you said you enjoyed yourself and that's all you can ask for. Isn't that all anyone asks for when they see a movie? No, I, I want to be shaken to my core and confronted with new philosophical truths. You good, I'm watching sir. certain types of movies. But other times, you know, I want to watch uh, a good action film with some style, like Baby Driver recently. I was really disappointed in Step Brothers when I did not come out with a new <laughs> philosophical <laughs> exactly it's like if i'm going in for a comedy i'm looking to just kind of enjoy myself and have fun if i'm going in to see um like something that kind of looks to me like a cult classic or an indie film i'm looking to be very like interested and impressed by the artistic style of the piece um and when i go to see a superhero movie i normally go in going what is what is the uh playtime for this and uh can i find a way to meditate through it while wow, this movie finishes. So I have super low expectation for superhero movies. Always have. Even after Thor. Probably always will. But if I had to get dragged to a movie. like That was a pretty good one to go to. I had a lot of fun. Um, laughing at all of the humor. And like comedy that they threw into it. And the actual story building. And characters was brief enough. That since I didn't care. I didn't have to worry about uh, like shrugging through those scenes very much. It was very well paced, I guess is what I should say. I never felt like I was uh, not interested in the movie for more than a couple minutes. I can dig it. Yeah. Sorry for being such a hater. No, it's fine. I just like superhero things. I just think we're going to have to kiss our DC and Marvel sponsorships. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, he just gave Marvel a thumbs up. <laughs> I gave them I gave them the most like middling response for a thumbs up you can do though. So like, fuck <laughs> fuck superhero movies, but this one was okay. But that was I yeah. <laughs> what else have you guys been doing aside from the movie runs? Uh I finally freed up uh my weekends for the foreseeable future and so I'll have time to actually play video games and contribute to the podcast again. We're supposed to play video games? <laughs> We're supposed to. We we do our best. Um but so I'm, I'm pretty excited to have my weekends back. That'll be really nice. And uh, I'm 
pretty much all set for snowboarding season. I just picked up the last couple of things I need to get started. And I'm hunting for deals for a nice heavy coat just in case it gets like unfathomably cold out here. Because I only have, uh, I think I have a good outer shell, but I might want a warmer coat if it gets really cold, but it's still a nice day to snowboard. Because it gets cold in the basement where you play cool boarders, right? Oh man, I dude, I dig <laughs> on that. <laughs> the most. What are you talking about? I've never heard of cool boarders. I'm SSX all the way. Man, but cool boarders was like the difficulty curve on that game. To like do a 1080, there were like 12 button presses you had to do like between the first two seconds of being in the air. It was like the entirety of his Telltale's QTE sequence. Yes. I love that you bring that up because 1080, the Nintendo 64 game, which I don't know if you guys have ever encountered this. I think it was sponsored by Tommy Hilfiger. It is one of the worst games <laughs> I've ever played, but I used to play it all the time, and it was this super, super shitty snowboard game for the N64. I was actually going to lead off with that as my reference, but I feared that you guys would not know 1080. I was Dude, actually, my dad when you and I said, played so much 1080. When you and, said Cold Borders, <laughs> I was thinking 1080. <laughs> 1080. Oh, man. That was a difficult What a game. terrible game so bad in comparison to like later iterations of snowboard games but and and you gotta you gotta compare it to games of its time scott not later games it can't be tricky if tricky doesn't exist okay speaking Fair of point. terrible things i have to ask the question have you guys seen this anime called i mean anime being the terrible thing not not actually this specific <laughs> anime uh but have you guys seen amagi brilliant park no no it's actually pretty magical in speaking of terrible things here's this great anime <laughs> speaking of terrible things anime and hence uh amagi let me let me actually make sure that's what it's called yeah amagi brilliant park um i'm only like a few episodes into it but it seems seems like there's a lot of potential to it it's basically in this world all amusement parks or at least a lot of amusement parks are actually populated by people from a different world, like a more magical or fantasy-driven world. And when the if if the park goes down, if the characters and mascots and people of the of that park don't have normal humans to remember them, they just disappear. They cease to exist. So the park, the the titular park, Amagi Brilliant Park, is uh, going to be shut down in three months unless they can pull out like another 250,000 visitors during that period of time and the main character is this like super narcissistic asshole that gets dragged in he's a normal human but gets dragged in to become the general manager this and honestly sounds sort of like roller coaster tycoon with a little bit of a twist <laughs> <laughs> which has me interested now <laughs> you know that panda mascot you dragged over to the trash can that was actually a living thing not a man in a suit uh, i've been like extremely down lately uh why so first reason uh my my computer once again entered the state of okay we just died trying to update windows or i it just died trying to update windows i went through the process of trying to get it to restore from a pat, uh, previous restore point i could get that to do so but upon updating again it bricked itself once more so 
after a bunch of trial and error and shit, I ended up just having to reinstall Windows for like what is probably the eighth time for this PC. Neil, that sucks. Yeah, it's burn a it. Fucking bummer. I, I think Neil, the problem. Just burn it. <laughs> so there's two potential problems. The first one is just the fact that the majority of the main components in that PC are more than a decade old. Like it's an old server. The second one is that maybe the hard drive in it, or the hard drive, the, uh, the, the principal operating system drive is starting to fail on me. It's such a good drive that even at half the capacitance or half the working state still runs beautifully. Until it's not. You know, right, you've until installed Windows. Like eight fucking times on it. It's too I mean, many times. I mean, like I've, I've had to start from scratch eight times on this. It's too the, many times. The only saving grace is that like after the first time this happens, I have a folder on my on my D drive or one of my separate SSDs that has every single installer. So installing it, like getting everything back up to speed is not the worst thing in the world. It's just annoying as fuck. Neil, I remember that you were uh, in the market for a house at one point in time. Why don't you just go ahead and take all of that house money and put it into a computer? <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> It'd be the most badass computer. I, I mean, it doesn't have to all go into it, but you can probably save yourself a lot of headache by tackling the smaller problems first. I'd also um, like to pitch in the idea of making a computer this time and not an old server. <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just for what this PC can do, it's amazing how little I spent on it. So, and God, Yeah, it is amazing that you've also invested this much time into it. All right. Uh, the the other thing that uh, has gotten me a little down is I've been watching Black Clover. No, but is that depressing too? It's not depressing. It's just screechy as fuck. What like, is this about the screechiness? Because I heard some, I I saw a video or something about it where it was like the screeches in Black Clover, and I went, huh? I I had already heard one. Is it like character dis- screeches? Dissenting opinion. Just one character. <laughs> like that yeah okay like he's had in the seven episodes i've watched because it it keeps me having i keep coming back to it but in the seven episodes i've watched the main character has not yelled in maybe like four or five sentences and he's the main character he's got a lot of dialogue but it's all really loud and really screechy and it's just him talking so i guess i'm not gonna watch it (laughs) or i'm gonna mute it and uh it turns out the manga's really good. So you'll just read the manga. Yeah, so so <laughs> the difference between like manga and anime and certain things working well in one and not the other, uh, the, the second reason why I've kind of been down in the dumps is because of this show called Kaiji, which is apparently, like, from what my girlfriend told me is it's known, and that's K-A-I-J-I. Uh, it's known for being like the best gambling anime. I might put that one that we watched about people being dead over just the look of this. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't need to look at anything. I have watched like the first 12 episodes. Is it the best? Is it better than colorful? Wonderful? Okay, <laughs> to, to quickly talk about why it depresses me is because at multiple points in the story, the main character, who is just some low-life, like near 30-year-old, like mid-20s guy who's unemployed or has a shitty job and is in debt uh, 
these characters just constantly remind him that like you know what if you were actually smart you would have studied in school and you would have gotten a good job and worked you know worked hard for 10 years and found yourself like good investments and not been like a piece of shit scumbag and it's sad because the people telling him that are like yakuza and other fucking nefarious characters are giving him moral like stories and the main character never seems to redeem himself Oh fuck! And, and, but like, as I watch it and hear these speeches, like the yakuza or whatever fucking nefarious criminal mastermind talking to the main characters, also talking to me, and I'm just like, God, you're fucking right, Mister <laughs> Yakuza, who just murdered a bunch of people on screen. Uh, I really should have like taken my studies more serious and put more effort into my education and blah blah blah. So it was like a weird bummer series to watch for me. But in addition to that, um, I think the narrator has more lines than any other character. Maybe more lines than every character combined. So there's this high-intensity, baritone male narrator that delivers lines kind of like it feels like some sort of classical form of Japanese film or TV or drama. Like Japanese uh, radio host? Like I, I don't even know. I, I guess I'm not familiar enough with Japanese radio to know if that's the case or not. But it's just like oh. he constantly. Yes, uh, no is my destiny. Is it, it like maybe, that? Or? It's maybe more dramatic. Like if you know what the Gundam okay. uh, narrator is, it's like that sort of narration. But the guy feels like his life's at danger, in danger. Oh, and no, it's more bubbly, is what I was thinking. And, and and the entire time, it's like the narrator does not trust you to understand what the main character is feeling. So you could see the main character crying because he feels brokenhearted about like or desperate or something. And the narrator is like, Kaiji felt extremely desperate because of the betrayal he felt at his hands. Looking at the face of betrayal directly head on. He would you would never know without me telling you that he was brokenhearted and down in despair. This sounds like a good podcast. <laughs> yeah, like you, you could get the entire story just listen listening to the narrator and just take out every visual and every single line of dialogue. Like the narrator gives you that much fucking information. And it's just like I imagine it from a manga standpoint would be fine because when you read these things, you kind of you kind of forget that you're reading like a specific narration or something. It's more, I don't know, like you expect to read more in a manga, but in this, the narrator is just telling you so much. And part of the reason you have an animation to begin with is to illustrate things that you could otherwise not just through still frames. And I think they just kind of forgot that, Oh, because we have this animation, because you can see the tears fucking coming out of this guy's face. Maybe we don't need to tell you that he's sad. As They're Neil wipes tears away from his face, you can see the frustration building up, welling inside of him. Okay, and, and for like the first eight or nine episodes, we did not see a single girl character, female character. Me saying that also uh, helps illustrate that this is kind of like an anime meant to be like manly and appeal to males and shit like that, right? But I don't think I've ever seen more fucking crying <laughs> in any form of media ever. Because real men can cry, Neil. They're just fucking constantly crying. It's it's ridiculous. Like, ha- have you seen Spirited Away? 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The the scene where the girl's crying for the first time, um, for the first time, uh, she's crying <sighs> as she's like slowly disappearing, mm-hmm. or maybe it's right after she's uh, just had like the rice balls to prevent her from disappearing. But she's crying, and her and her tears are like fucking huge. Like, and there's just so many tears. It just feels like that scene, but it's in every episode, maybe twice or three times. <sighs> Yet I keep watching because I've been promised that the uh, that it gets interesting and like Neil the gambles become more intense and crazy. How many episodes are you in this? I think in twelve. The first eight episodes or seven episodes all are about restricted rock paper scissors, which means I I don't even want to explain. But I was just like, what the fuck is this? And like any time you would like, I would personally be like, oh, I know why they're doing this. They're hoarding all of these cards, hoping that this would happen. And then 10 minutes later, the narrator's like, the plan is that they're going to hoard these cards. So when blah, blah, blah. And it, yeah, it's painful. So if you feel like hurting yourself, you should watch Kaiji. It might, it might get better. The manga might be great too, but fuck. I'm glad Tiff said that this is the best gambling anime ever. I I, I don't think her thoughts are, uh, that's what she'd been reading. I don't think she's necessarily enjoying it. Because this sounds not fun. I don't know. It, it might just be a slow start. But yeah, that's that's been my week. <laughs> well, now that you've got that off your chest, are you ready to talk about some gaming? Oh, you betcha. Is that going to turn your frown upside down? Uh, it depends where this, this, next, <laughs> this next review goes. So, uh, Scott, Cookie, you guys finished playing Super Mario Odyssey. Yep. In case you're playing it or are going to play it, you are going to skip to 43 minutes and 23 seconds. Radio magic at work. So now that the warning, the sufficient warning has been given, how is this game? Does it turn out that Peach actually loves Bowser? Turns out that Peach is in another castle. Seriously? Yeah. Several castles. <laughs> she's just, she's just all over the you, place. Yeah. And then you, you find Peach and she's like, well, cool. I mean... I sort of started a vacation, so I might as well finish it and ends up doing uh, one last tour around the world right out the gate, which honestly, I I wish we could have said this before the uh, no spoiler part, just because it may have been valuable to hear it without us needing to get into the spoilers. But Super Mario Odyssey is the Mario game to play, in my opinion. I adore this game. It's so good. It may have topped my uh, affinity for Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Like, I've had more fun with this game than any other Mario game I've ever played, and it's probably my favorite Switch game. I concur. Don't look at me. Yeah. Do, you, do you guys think the game's improved by having a second player? It's not bad, but I certainly enjoy it the most as a single-player experience. I <laughs> Were things uh, not going well with you and Sierra? <laughs> not, not i mean within a relationship standpoint but i just mean within a gameplay standpoint yeah it's just it's a little hard because we're working with the uh if we do two player we're working with sideway sideways joy cons oh yeah um, me and lizzie cut that shit out like five seconds messes in. with the camera if i could uh if each of us could have our own set of joy cons i think it would be a lot of fun and i'd trust having sierra as a partner but since i can't control the camera effectively um actually since neither of us would be very effective at controlling the camera for whoever's playing mario 
it's probably best that I continue to play it as a single player game. And if someone wants to play it, I just relinquish the controller to them entirely. Also, I love playing with the motion controls on the Joy-Con. And so um, that's another reason why I like doing it one player as well. I will tell you that there is an alternate that when you're, there is an alternate way to play with like speeding up your roll and speeding up your climbing and stuff. You just tap Y. So you don't have to flail your arms around, by the way. But I like flailing my arms. Like, I know you can tap Y for the roll, for instance, but I feel like shaking my arms is way more fun. And I don't know how you do it with, do you tap Y when you're on the power lines then to do the, where you go off the power line for a moment? You can go off the power line for a moment? Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You can, there's like certain moons you can only get by leaving the power line by like sparking extra hard. That's what I was wondering. I was like, how do I get this thing? Oh, well, yeah, I'll figure it out later. It's super awesome. But um, I'm guessing, yeah, you tap Y because it seems to be like anything that says you can go faster by shaking your arms is just mm-hmm. also tap Y. And you mentioned something. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah, about the two-player experience, you really should just invest in a either a second set of Joy-Con or the Pro Controller. Because, like, I'm getting a little bit better about doing, like, advanced Mario movements, single player, but they're a lot easier to do with two people. So, like, Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That, it totally feeds into my, uh, like, bullet point on precision controls. Just the advanced Mario movements are, are sweet. So you're probably talking about, like, doing chaining cap jumps with other acrobatic moves Mm -hmm. so like um there's a youtube video of a guy trying to complete mario without capturing anything so like that would be super cool i i bet it's possible i totally know it's possible can be like just thinking about the um intro level where you capture the frog for the first time and you have to jump super high that's yeah you could do a ground pound jump and then a wall jump and then turn around with cappy and do like a dive or something i bet to get up from that like that's how i'd approach it it's a ground pound jump to a cappy thrown horizontally with the wall to a dive to jump on to the to the wall to wall jump to throw cappy to dive again just barely clearing oh my god yeah oh i love i love that there's also some like special little treats for people who have that level of control um there's some coin stashes and some what seem to be inaccessible but just very hard to reach locations that will spoil players who have that level of uh ability to move mario yeah and i don't have that ability to move mario i'm just now getting good at the ground pound wall jump cappy dive to secondary cappy dive and half the time i miss the cappy dive part so you know it's a lot it easier. takes a lot of practice i've i don't know how much time i put into this game i put in a lot though um i've been playing it with all the free time i can muster and uh some of the like some of the controls just start to become second hand after a while or like second nature, which is just even better. Like that speaks to how easy the controls are. And that although there is a learning curve, that's really satisfying to pick up. It's not 
punishingly hard. Like it just it takes practice and some time. So are you getting to are you gonna be are you getting to ultra instinct mode yet? Yeah, I'm on Ultra Instinct. I'm playing Mirror's Edge or Mario Mario's Edge Odyssey. <laughs> so it's all the wall jumps and ev- and everything else thrown in there. I'm I'm only using Cappy as a uh you know, like polite reminder that he is my companion. Oh man, and have you so you've beaten the game. Have you gotten to the uh no final, like the secret level? No, I've and only the, gotten to I kind of stopped after I got to after I turned myself into N sixty four Mario. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the game has amazing replayability after the credits with a huge amount of things to do. Um post I guess single player campaign end for anybody who's just looking to save Peach. You can go back to all the worlds and play the levels with in like many new challenges and secrets for moons and ultimately you can also see you can see peach at each location and then ultimately you can go to the dark side of the moon and then the darker side of the moon if you collect enough moons which is pretty awesome the dark side of the moon has a gauntlet fight against all of the uh, brutal bosses without any you don't get any hearts uh in between the gauntlet. So you fight all four of them uh, one in a row, and then you fight all four at once for a final showdown. Um, And then the darker side of the moon, which is the very end, it's really, really hard. And it's essentially a three-part, like, super long challenge of utilizing pretty much every skill you've picked up in all of the previous levels. And you go through just kind of a uh, long list of challenges utilizing each type of skill with uh, also getting to listen to most of the area's like main themes and soundtracks one more time. It's really, really hard, but it's pretty cool. And then at the end, you get a, a pretty interesting reward as well. It's the invisibility cap. Oh, and so nice. if you uh, equip the invisibility cap, you can't see Mario anymore. You can see his footprints and you can see his shadow if uh, if it, you're in a space where his shadow would normally appear, but otherwise you can't see Mario at all. And it's really uh, it's really tricky. Do en- <clears throat> I'm assuming the enemies also... Wow, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. I uh, hadn't spoken Do in it. a few minutes. So, you're uh, doing an Emperor Palpatine <laughs> uh, impression there. The dark Go ahead. side. Uh, can enemies see Mario then? Uh, I don't know about that actually. I I haven't tested it. I haven't seen it done either. Um, I do have to ask you a question. What do you think of the continuity that Nintendo went with for this year, with this year's uh, Mario games and rabbits being your enemies? Yeah, I thought about that only at the last second. Um. Like when I was doing the brutal gauntlet, I'm like these stupid bunnies. Then I was thinking, <laughs> stupid bunnies. Why does that sound familiar? Wait, rabid kingdom. Um, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with them deciding that rabbits are the the new ultimate enemy to Mario. I don't um, see a connection here. Rabbits, rabbits. Mm-hmm. What? Um, <laughs> I was kind you just of have hoping to change the the letter. I was kind it, of hoping that. From, 
Oh, sorry. After you. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, you're just going from T to D. It's an interdental fricative. That's all. That's a word. Fricative. Word of the day, guys. The more you know. Um, I was kind of hoping that like, after you got all 999 moons, that you more than likely got to see how the rabbits came to be. And I was going to be like, oh my goodness, it'd be awesome if they were like, oh yeah, you remember when you beat... Oh, maybe I should beat Super Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle to see if like they left four behind, five behind, I guess. I'm going to beat it. I need to beat it to find out. But they're not actually Rabbids in an Odyssey, though, right? They're Rabbits. Right, they're Rabbits. Well, they're Brutals is what they're called. B-R-O-O-D-A-L-S. And it does also remind me that one of my favorite things that happens in the dialogue now is they have emojis for certain characters. Yeah. I, yeah. They also don't, don't have... Uh, I mean, they also do have noses. Yeah. Yes. Or rabbits do not, right? Some rabbits. rabbits have, like, facial stubble as well for some reason. <laughs> or at least that's what I always see. Yeah, they definitely have five o'clock shadows. <laughs> maybe this game was uh, a protest to the decision to have Ubisoft create uh, Mario plus Rabbids. Maybe. Who knows? But really, All I know is like, it's this game's so good. It's awesome. So you save Peach and then she goes on a vacation? Like, Yeah. You, yeah, you actually Peach you and... save Peach and Bowser technically. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Yeah, you technically save Bowser and Peach, and then you and Bowser fight for Peach's attention, and she's like, nah, I'm gonna go on a vacation. And she just kind of leaves both of you to do your own thing. Well, they got married, so this is obviously No, the they didn't. You, they you did interrupt not. the wedding. You get to the I object part. Mm, uh, but you're I'm, Mario, so I'm you don't really saying, say I object. You just have frowny eyes. I'm just saying that there's like... There's a lot of times that Peach has been kidnapped. You think by now she would have, she would have uh, had the know. Koopa children. Well, that that that, that that's a possibility. <laughs> like the, the children are around by uh, Super Mario World. Yeah. So I like there. There's a possibility, and I'm not trying to like imply anything towards people that actually do get kidnapped but i'm just saying i'm just saying that maybe there's something we're not getting like maybe maybe playing as mario warps our vision of what this game actually is kind of like braid like we're we were not aware that we are actually the villain or in this case that mario is actually stalking peach thanks and bowser (laughs) bowser and peach are just trying to get married besides the peach always screaming to help mario help that's what mario hears okay (laughs) so speaking of that's what mario hears why was everyone at the wedding and no one doing anything right that's what i'm saying everyone is like it's finally happening thank god oh shit here comes the ex-boyfriend you guys see you guys no, no, are no, no. Here, here, here. You're playing into a joke <laughs> that, but that's everybody's the thing. A- Mario sees them complaining hears them complaining but that's just his perception of reality well I'm no yeah, longer so you, playing so you want to go joke. with the unreliable <laughs> narrator storytelling viewpoint huh yeah tell me why you never switched to like Luigi in this game why because you are living through Mario here 
I did switch to Luigi's clothes though. I yeah. did put on a, a cap with an L and a green shirt. Sounds like a uh, mentally like unstable person. <laughs> <laughs> like to, to literally it. put on his brother's clothes. <laughs> like for all we know, that actually means like why we don't see Luigi. Is Luigi even in this game? Like, do you ever see him? No, no, he's not in it. I which bet, is too bad. I love Luigi. I bet he um, is wearing Luigi's skin. Actually. <laughs> So, so I, I think it's worth mentioning, too, that the skins in this game, although they're like, it's not relevant to any gameplay, except for getting moons for having the appropriate outfits for certain areas. But then you can take them right off, right? The, yeah, but the sheer amount of options and like how well they're designed is just such a cool touch. Like, if there's one thing I can say about the reason I would give Mario a 5 out of 5 or a 10 out of 10 is that even the small details I wouldn't really think of or care about are done with such uh, like dedication to quality and are done so well that it just continues to blow my mind and feel like it's more than what I could ask for in a game. Do you guys have a favorite outfit? Black hmm. suit. Yeah, yeah, the black suit's really classy. They did a great job with that. I actually really like the Famicom like repairman outfit, which is pretty cool. I think it's actually a throwback to the old Nintendo repair shops they used to have. Because if I remember correctly, they have Mario in like sort of a jumpsuit with a backwards ball cap. Isn't that from Mario 3D Maker? Maybe it might be. No, Mario Mario Maker has. him with a yellow shirt and a hard hat and that also makes an appearance too like they bring in a ton of classic outfits too they have the old classic jump man outfit where he had um red overalls a red hat and then a blue shirt and the red's kind of more of a brick or orangish color they have so much they have the old metal mario they have mario 64 they have uh, i I do want wedding wedding outfit and bowser's wedding outfit they have everything I do want wedding dress Mario, though. What is the yeah, N64 outfit? Like, isn't he wearing effectively the same thing? Oh, it's... He's, um, no, he's, he's a polygon uh, N64 Mario, yeah. So he's actually... Like, he looks like shit, then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is the aliasing also really bad? Uh, I don't know about that. Or anti-aliasing. Uh, yeah, aliasing. No. Like, I don't know the- if you see that many jaggies on it. But no, you see a lot of jaggies. I mean, you do okay because that's just it. that just makes it more authentic, right? He does have he does have the jaggies in that outfit. I put him in that outfit and was like, "Sweet screenshot in front of Peach's castle." All right, and then and then Cookie stopped playing. He's like, "I got what I wanted, kind of," and I wanted to yeah. try out something that we'll talk about later. Gotcha. Yeah, you have to play the final level is all I'm going to say. Like, it's so, so hard, the, but the darker it's very side satisfying every moon? time you get past it. What'd you say? The darker side of the moon. Yeah. Okay. That's the plan one of these days. God, it's such a good game. It's, it's a feel-good experience, even when it's super frustrating. I love it. Super Mario Odyssey. Who'd have known? I'd have known. I'd have known. Is that is that it for our spoiler run review of Super Mario Odyssey? Yeah, I mean, I I have more thoughts I could say, but are they going to change what the content of my review is? No. No, it's just going to be me geeking out a little bit more. So, unless Cookie's got anything else he wants to throw in, I'll 
I'll go ahead and rein in the excitement again. Nope, that was very comprehensive. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Wait, what you did you just curse at me? No, <laughs> did I just get beat? <laughs> we have to keep that secret under wraps, apparently, because I just got beeped. <laughs> that that was for my own mark. Were you gonna like say something? Or spoilers are over. Okay, I can't say anything now. Uh, <laughs> Cookie, you just brought up wanting to try something new. What what would that happen to be? That would happen to be Stardew Motherfucking Valley on the Nintendo Switch. Damn, could you hear the reverb in that? That was actually that was, real good. I know. I was Thank like, did you. he just turn on his Switch and just I've, connect I've the actually, uh, I've set up my studio specifically for all of this Switch discussion. <laughs> and by that, I mean it's a lot of bare walls that reflect sound really well. <laughs> so, Stardew Valley. It's a Harvest Moon slash Season of the Stories inspired game. Season uh, of the Stories? Yeah, or Story of the Seasons. Fuck Story me. of the Seasons? That That's the term or the name of Harvest Moon in Japan. Mm, I was thinking it was a Harvest Moon Animal Crossing. I think Harvest Moon's such crossover. a great name. That's too bad that they it do was Story taken. of the Seasons. Right, and, and uh, for, for those that don't know, uh, Natsume, the company that publishes it here in America, is now making Harvest Moon games that are separate from the main... Dang it, I forgot his name. Story of the Seasons, Season of the Stories. Let me double check. Let are me you, double are check you talking it. about the ape? No, I'm talking about oh, okay. the... Um, Tetsuo Gatensho? No. No, that's a bleach move. What's that one guy's name? <laughs> For that video game? Uh, Kojima? No. The actual video game. Shin Megami Tensei? Shin Megami Tensei. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Story of the Seasons is what we traditionally know as Harvest Moon, but like since 2014 or 13 or something, Harvest Moon is now technically something different in the States too. Uh, but it's been out on Steam for, I think, a couple years. Or 2016, I think, was the release. Now it's on Switch. Is the multiplayer in yet? The multiplayer is not in yet, which okay. is, like, one of the reasons I grabbed it. Because I was like, okay, I might it, be able to play this with other people. That's it's coming soon, if I'm not mistaken. Mistaken. So. I said it right. <laughs> my thoughts on Stardew Valley. I've started it over a couple of times to make sure I hadn't missed anything. And I haven't. I'd like to get back to the discussion of how much tutorial is too much tutorial and how much is not enough tutorial. Stardew Valley quite literally gives you move, action. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah, that's called the Dark Souls tutorial. <laughs> What's wrong with it? <laughs> I, I can't remember, but I feel like there is a book someplace in your starting house, your starting house, your house that like gives you more controls. No, no, it does not. Well, it gives you more controls. Those controls are literally, this is how you pull up the, how you pull up your journal. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. Nowhere does it tell you. So my first run through of Stardew Valley, I planted some plants. I watered those plants every day for two days. Then I ran out of water. You, you didn't know what to do at that point, right? Correct. <laughs> So, you know, I kind of just started foraging in the forest for things, and my plants all died. Yeah. Thus, I couldn't yeah. progress with the story at all because I couldn't harvest anything. Like, so, the first... I haven't played 
but I think I can recommend that a forest is a bad place to find water and may suggest a river or a pond or a well instead. So the funny thing is, there's this nice little pond in my farm. Like literally feet away. Yeah. Like literally a couple of feet away. And I'm just like, okay, how the hell do I get water from this thing? I go to the beach. There's water all over me. I'm like, all over the place. I'm just like, how do I get water? I can fish now, but I can't fill up my water bucket. You, you just have to use the water tool, like as if you were pouring, but on the lake instead, right? And then he fills it up. Correct. I had to, I had to Google that and get to like the second page of a forum to get that. And I'm just like, I could have used this. I'm... And this is by my third playthrough because at some point I accidentally, my second playthrough today four, I accidentally, not only did my inventory was full, so not only did I complete the mission that says, hey, you now get the fishing rod, I did not get the fishing rod, but somehow my water pail was full. And I was like, fuck, there is a way to do this. <laughs> But now I don't have a fishing rod either, so... <laughs> Stardew Valley, I think, kind of exploded in a way that people were not necessarily expecting. I, and what I mean by that is that people that did not play Animal Crossing, Harvest Moon, and similar games started getting excited about Stardew Valley. What's that? I don't know why. Be because as you get through the game further and further, things get... Like, the, the amount of things you can do is kind of surprising for like a one man developed game, let alone like if it was done by like, you know, a small team, like the other games had been, I, I guess, I don't know if they were done by small games, uh, small teams, but you, you could technically just fish. I, at least when I was playing, I don't know if it's been nerfed since then, but fishing was like the most lucrative thing you could do kind of rough at the start. You have to forage first and then fish on the side. But as you got better and better at fishing, there are some key spots that will always get you badass fish or like gold star fish. So they're quality fish. They sell for more than what they normally would. And they're high value fish. So I didn't even bother with a fucking farm. I just kept fishing. That's fine. But then you're not progressing the story. And I just wanted to progress the story. You don't. I mean, like, yes, you do have to progress the story because you use the story to unlock all of those uh things to be able to do more things. And yeah, you have to get all of the crops for the tree spirits mm -hmm. harvest sprites whatever they're called tunikis if they were raccoons that'd be way better <laughs> i think you mean tanuki yeah what's the kokori 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 kokiri kokiri, kokiri. kokiri. Zelda? yeah oh man poor cookie just having bad luck with the names choboko <laughs> chocobo you mean chobko <laughs> you fool <laughs> but um but yeah, so like, I was like, okay, the multiplayer expansion is going to come out soon. I'm pretty sure Neil and Tip are going to pick that up when that comes out. I mean, we'll already have it since we have it on PC, and I don't think he's going to charge more for it. I could be wrong. Whatever he wants to charge for it, I'll probably buy it. Sweet. You should get it on the Switch. <sighs> so we can play together, Neil. Fuck. We can start a farm. We can, we can do a community farm. S Scott, you should also get a community farm with us. I wonder if you can play more than... Uh, more than two people. Wait, I also wonder Star like, how Stardew Switch supported, right? So, yeah, but it's probably not going to be cross-platform. Mm. It's more than likely not going to be cross-platform. Yeah, no, I doubt that. 
If but it was, we all we all have shit. switches now, and uh, I'd be int- I loved Harvest Moon, so if it's I did not. Well, hey, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 So, so before before you get it, before you get it, Scott, I I will note that maybe my that you're biggest not getting problem. It. Well, I I don't know if I'm going to or not. But my biggest problem with Stardew Valley is that it doesn't have the story that Harvest Moon does. Correct. Oh, it seems like every character in Stardew Valley has a really good initial starting point, like. There's a great event where you're hanging out or not hanging out, but you happen to witness the homeless guy picking out trash or like digging through someone else's trash. And like, I I don't remember exactly what it is, but the homeless guy is basically like, what do you think this is wrong of me? Like, this is how I survive. And then the person in the house comes out and tries to like chase him off or so. And like, you kind of just get to see like a dude in a shitty situation struggling to survive and get to choose your response to that. And there are characters that like obviously have some sort of complicated past. Like there's a single mom with a daughter that works as well. And she's a bus driver and like they live in like a shitty looking little RV or like mobile home. Um, but like once you get past the surface, it's just unfortunate because again, it's a one man dev team. And I also don't know if he's changed this, but there's just a lot of like shallow instances of script writing. Like every single time you go to a festival or an event, people say the exact same thing the year before. Um, It seems like once you get past the initial insight or foresight to what those characters are there's no development past that uh i don't know just and and there's not like a whole lot done between you and your spouse once you've gotten a relationship that far like you have a spouse yeah you can get married in this game sweet i didn't know that because there's no fucking tutorial (laughs) uh there's also a wizard scott if that makes you feel any better there's a wizard I mean, that's pretty exciting. I got to meet him finally after I learned how to fucking fill up my water pail. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing, too, I remember from Stardew Valley is I know that they there's, like, monsters in certain spots. Like, I don't know if combat's a big part of it, but I know you can go into small little dungeons and there's monsters around. Yep. There's, which is interesting. There's an element of uh, Rune Factory within that regard. Like, okay. you have your own little, like, shitty Zelda-style you know, top-down combat. But, like, all those things said, this is a fucking great game developed by one person. Did you use RPG Maker to make it? No. (laughs) No, but it sure as hell... I mean, it might look like it, but if you've played enough RPG Maker games, or if you've messed with it like I have, it's it's really easy to tell when one uses it. (laughs) Have Have you fucked around with a lot of RPG Maker games? RPG Maker 2000 in 2003, I think. Man, we are fucking nerds. <laughs> Holy shit. Actually, there was a Humble Bundle on RPG Makers, and I was like, oh, do I buy this? <laughs> Dude, I just bought, uh, half a year ago, I bought the latest one, RPG Maker MV. Just, I don't know why. Like, I never share them either. I just love making stupid, shitty games with shitty stories. Because mm-hmm. it, it makes it, like, really easy to do. Yeah, exactly. So just go for it. 
Stardew oh. Valley is a lot better on the PC, I can tell already. Uh, what makes uh, you say that? Because they give me the cursor of the PC, and I just found out that... So I accidentally picked up my TV by accident and put it in my inventory, and then I couldn't figure <laughs> out how to put it fucking down. <laughs> I thought you were talking about it in real life. I'm like, your TV? Oh, okay, I don't know how you accidentally pick up a 50-inch TV, <laughs> but all right. Uh, but I accidentally picked it up, and I couldn't figure out how to put it down, and every time I tried to put it back where it was... It was like, you can't place objects on top of your player character. It's like, but I just want to put it down so I can only put it down like to the left or the right of me. Yeah. Which did not put it back where it was. Yeah, where you needed it. You, you kind of have to pick up other things and then so you can put it back in the spot and then reassemble like in a jigsaw form. It becomes its own little puzzle. So my TV is now off kilter <sighs> and super pissed about that. But I don't, but can you, when you pick up something and you want to like put it down, can you just pull your mouse, click on it from your inventory and drag it to where you want to drop it? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Better. Ma- mouse control in Stardew Valley is like really good or really solid. You, you can, and you actually have a decent range of where you can put things. So it might be a couple spaces away, but you can put down a fence post. So doing any sort of like redesigning or sp- like building, I guess you could say, it makes it really easy. And it's also pretty easy just to jump straight back to your controller. Um, like my, I, I would probably play late game exclusively with mouse and keyboard if it weren't just, you know, like th- this is the type of game that I end up playing for hours on end. And then I realize partway through like, holy shit, my wrist really hurts. That sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Mouse, wrist, specifically carpal tunnel or whatever the makings of. So, so yeah, this gives you the option of using the mouse cursor as your right joystick. Wait, so you still couldn't place down the TV with that mouse cursor? Though? I didn't realize that I could move the cursor mm. over to the thing okay. to put it down because it doesn't tell <laughs> you anything. Yeah. So I could see how that'd be like, oh yeah, I've got this mouse, I can just click and drag it because there's no like official click button in this game. But yeah, so... So yeah, so I'm slowly forming through things, which is the worst experience of a video game I can actually have, because that's not what I want to do when I play video games. That's why I was such not a fan of Destiny. Destiny 1, specifically. Correct. I wonder if there's just like a tutorial video for Switch controls on uh, Stardew Valley, but... On a forum? Probably. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess... I, I should be more sympathetic, but part of me is like, you know, when you picked up Battle Toads for the first time, did the game tell you that you had to punch things? I don't know. Did it? I never picked up Battle Toads, so when you pick when you <laughs> picked up Double Dragon for the first time. The game has three buttons, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you picked up Contra for the first time alien war did you know you had to shoot aliens yes yes i did exactly and if you didn't you'd learn i don't know stardew valley's like hey you got a farm i'm like cool how do i farm they're like use the hoe to they actually say use your hoe (laughs) to cultivate the land and plant your seeds and keep them watered every day and i'm like cool and then i ran out of water does it give you anything besides 
They're like, well, you're shit out of luck now. <laughs> I don't know why I found Ho so funny. Use your Ho. It's like, didn't he, didn't you meet meet Tracy? Just tell Tracy to farm for you. Tracy can farm for who's Tracy? Your no. Ho. <laughs> Tracy's your Ho. You didn't. You're too kind. But yeah, so either way, it doesn't. It didn't give me enough of a tutorial to like let me start the game. It gave me enough of a tutorial to give me the obvious parts of the game. See, and on the flip side, when I started playing uh, Story of the Seasons, I, th- I think it's just called Story of the Seasons for the 3DS. The first like 30 minutes to an hour are all tutorials. And I'm just like, fuck this. See, but this game gives you this wonderful thing. It says at the very beginning, skip intro. You can click a button that says skip intro, but it's all just the useless dialogue that you're skipping. So if you can have like a skip tutorial and you just like free ball that guy and that'd be fine. But I at least want, hey, this is the little JPEG image that said this is the move. You move with the left joystick, like obviously, and you push put things you activate your action by pushing Y. And I'm like, cool. And like, how do I fill up my water pail? (laughs) Oh, and also, the worst thing you could possibly have on a loading screen is, oh, a saving screen is, the game is saving, this might take a while, please don't turn off the game, even if the game looks like a static image. And it's just the static image that's sitting there. See, I don't remember that at all, and, uh... If I had my Switch, I'd show it to you, because it, it does take a little bit. No, it's <laughs> fine, I, I believe you, because I, I really was questioning what type of port we'd see for the Switch. For this game um i like i don't even know what the save sequence was on pc but i can't imagine it was you know that long like a matter of seconds it's it's too long neil if if a game has to tell you this may take a while this may take i think it either says a while or a few minutes i gotta look it up now because i'm curious well i i hope you i hope you do end up playing more of it my recommendation is go ahead and look for the best fishing spots online because uh like definitely still farming stuff but just don't rely on the farm for anything but getting uh those fetch quest items i guess I hear the secret is mayonnaise. Mayonnaise does pretty well. That game has a lot going for it. The amount of advanced shit you can do in that game trumps any Harvest Moon I can think of or Story of the Seasons. I can see where you don't like eating bracken. Bracken? What's bracken? At least in the. I I don't know why I'm bothering to explain this because it's really not that important, but it's essentially like a weed or a natural plant that exists in the GameCube Harvest Moon uh, versions of A Wonderful Life and Another Wonderful Life that you can eat to just barely stay alive. (laughs) And your character's like, oh, this is gross. You eat it to... Here's your journal that tells you all the buttons, by the way. Man, fuck. Those were good games. Um, I... It was so depressing when, like, you, or at least it was depressing for me playing A Wonderful Life and realizing that my character was getting older and older with each chapter. It is sad, yeah. It, who do you marry when you played that first? Uh, the very first time? Gosh, I can't remember the names. I think it's what, Celia, and then is it Molly or Muffy? Is Celia's 
brown haired Molly or Muffy. How do you go, how do you go from Molly or Muffy? Because <laughs> that clearly sounds names. like a name. <laughs> so you you had, I think, Nami was the redheaded girl. You had the brown haired girl that worked at the ranch. And then you had the blonde girl. I tried to romance Nami so much and I never ended up with her. I always ended up getting Celia or Molly. Her or wave Mary clear Muffy, was too good. Fuck it. Muffy. I don't know what the deal was. She's now Muffy. I could, I could never interest her. I, I think there's a Muffy in Harvest Moon, actually, though. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> Stop laughing at it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the name. Okay, yeah. there It, it is Muffy, and it's the blonde girl. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> oh, you man. can form us naming people. Either way, yeah. Four so, heart date event. The optional event can be viewed when Muffy has four hearts. <laughs> if she does, enter the blue bar in the afternoon in between 12 p.m. and 1 p.m. When you enter, Muffy will ask you to come to the back room with her. Ooh. If you follow her, Muffy will tell you that she's been having a bit of a bad... Oh wait, she's been having a bit of a bad today. Okay. This fucking wiki is written poorly. And doesn't really <coughs> feel like working. You can either ask her out on a date or tell her... Uh, that you're going back to the bar. If you tell her that you'd like to take her out on a date, she is extremely thrilled, and the two of you will go out. After your date, you take Muffy back to the blue bar. She will tell you that she had a lot of fun and hopes that you will ask her out again sometime. This is getting way too central. So, what'd you think of Dankarapa 3? <laughs> Trigger happy panic. D- d- Do we got time for that? Depends what three you're talking about. Uh, Danganronpa 3, the anime... Or, so, um, bef- actually, let me, let me restart that fucking sequence. <laughs> Danganronpa 3 is the third game in the series. I don't know what kind of connection it has to the other games yet. I just started playing it, but uh, when I tried out the demo on Steam, I was floored with how, like, how good a system that is not running on a Vita can run a game, basically. Like, everything's super smooth. Uh, and... Neil, why didn't you just buy all the games on the PS4 when they were on sale? Because I don't think V3 was on sale ever. I, the lowest I've ever seen that was $55. But uh, to answer your other question, because I bought one and two when they were only on Vita. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but so far, I haven't gone through my first trial. I haven't seen the first murder yet, but it seems okay so far. Uh, but I... I've been on this kick because I've just been basically trying to consume all of the Danganronpa media out there. And I watched the, I watched the third uh, series, which it's really interesting in that they released two series at the same time. One was called the future arc. And this took place in the future, so to speak, obviously. (laughs) And then the, the other series was called the, the despair arc. So what would happen is they'd play future arc episode one, and then immediately after, at least when it was actually being broadcast in Japan, they would play the Despair arc. So it'd be hour-long blocks for each episode, or each of the first episode, second episode, and so forth. Overall, it was really good, and it, like, aside from a couple big plot holes, or, like, yeah, plot holes that you could, like, these loopholes that you could fucking drive a bus through, um, that in the end didn't really matter that much, but, uh, are kind, you know, we're are kind of alarming if you're really enjoying like getting into the plot and on like a deeper level. Uh, but aside from that, like I, I really love the whole concept of being able to see into the future with the first episode 
and know essentially what was going to happen in the past, or at least the gist of it, and then go through and actually experience what happens in the past in the second episode. And uh, I, in doing so, because the game or the, the, the show effectively ruins or ruins, spoils the ending for you by watching the first episode of the future arc. You know what happens. And playing Danny and Rampa 2, you know what happens at the end of Despair Arc. Uh, but because like you, you knew the, you know, the ending, you you know, what's going to happen, just maybe not how it gets there. It kind of built up like a completely different anticipation and especially one that contrasts from like a series that's all about mysteries and plot twists. Uh, and in thinking that I, I started to, I started to like look at other things and other forms of media that also intentionally spoil endings for you or give you like a future cut as well as times where I've had an ending ruined for me or uh, a plot twist given to me before actually playing it. And I've just been thinking about like its effect on the enjoyment of those games, stories or movies. Uh, and I kind of wanted to ask you guys like what your take on spoiling things was and if you feel like it's negative or not. I mean, just to quickly start off, I had the prestige ruined for me, quote unquote ruined, I guess, spoiled for me. Are you familiar with that movie? I love that movie. It's got a fucking great twist ending, doesn't it? Absolutely. It's one of the few movies that I herald as like, this is what you want out of a twist ending. Yeah. And I, I, I don't want to ruin it in case someone hasn't seen it. This Uh, isn't the magic one, right? This is the magic it one. It is about oh. magicians. Yeah, yeah, okay. I know it's really easy. That's a, that's a good twist. That's a real fucking good twist. So I learned about it before I saw the movie. That sucks. And I kind of think I probably may have enjoyed it more had I not known the twist. Yeah. But watching it, I picked up a lot of... Uh, Things. Hints and foreshadowing are like... It's like watching the movie for the second time, but you watch it for the first time. Yeah, and I I can't say I necessarily feel that bad about it in hindsight now. I'm so glad that you brought this up as a topic because The Prestige is the perfect example of a movie in which knowing the twist changes watching the movie entirely. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, it's too bad you don't get to experience it the first time. Not knowing and being just, you know probably floored by the revelation but you get to enjoy what i would consider the second viewing of the movie the first time which is also really good because there's a lot of details you get to pick up on that i think someone who's unaware of the twist would just not be even like conscious of conscious yeah exactly they wouldn't even be uh cognizant of it they would have no idea to look for these things because they'd still be thinking about something far beyond what the actual twist is mm-hmm. um, for the movie. That is a good, that's a good example. I think that's maybe the tricky part too, right? Is like, that's such an exemplary piece of work that its twist is so good that once you know it, it makes the media transform a little bit in how you view it and appreciate it. But you can, you can appreciate it both for the first viewing and the second viewing in these cases. There are some things in which once you know the twist, they don't feel like they get any extra level of there's like no extra dimension you can view it within. So basically like you just know the twist and you're like, Oh, that makes sense. Like this has rationalized it for me and I accept it. So basically what you're talking about is 
a good twist like this or a bad twist like an M. Night Shyamalan twist? What's that twist? Are, are a big difference. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where I think, in my personal opinion, and I'll, I'm interested to hear both of your guys's, but if something's really, really good, knowing the twist doesn't necessarily spoil the media, whether it's a game or a book or a movie. But if it's not particularly good, then the twist might be the only thing that's really holding it together as an interesting piece. And so knowing it may cheapen or completely nullify the experience. Like the twist is the only good thing about it. The twist is the only thing you care about. And when you learn the twist, you're like, what has me interested or engaged at all? And there might not be anything there. Makes sense. Like, but but I'm also trying to figure out or remember a per- like I'm I'm not necessarily going to argue that every every story that has a twist is better if you know about the twist beforehand. Like I I, I don't think that's necessarily true. But I'm also not coming up with an example where a spoiled ending ruins or like worsens the story that much another that maybe <laughs> may, no ooh, he got you maybe that's why tiffany hates it perhaps but, but, because i all right and, and you know what maybe metal gear solid five what happens at the end of that i actively seek out spoilers because i tend to not care that's Okay, so before you say what happened at the end of Metal Gear Solid Five, let me give you my take on the plot twists or okay, like okay, yeah, spoiling yeah. an ending. I kind of actively seek them out because I know a I'm too lazy to finish things, <laughs> so I might as well Very just figure true. out what the what the thing is, and b if it is like Scott said, if it is like a good enough story, like okay, that's good to know. Now I want to experience this to find out like. What brings us to X point? So yeah, so yeah, so what okay. happens? What happens so, at the end of five? <laughs> spoilers ahead. Sorry, was that too loud? No, nah, you. Fucking... No, that's perfect. I like it. <laughs> I just happened to cuss at that very moment too. I dropped something on my toe. What the? F- are you doing? Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five has you i i think i brought Wait, it before you're not snake you're not big boss you're right yeah you're actually not big boss you are the medic from ground zeros keeper sutherland mm. both voiced by keeper sutherland although since you didn't finish ground zeros what happens after you pick up uh not pause what's what's her fucking name silent quiet yeah no not not quiet. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it's the girl character that is in um the vita game i can't think of her name she's basically no it is pause her well, name you, is pause then what's the boy's name chaco or something like pause that right? chaco yeah or yeah, chico chaco. chico ch- whatever i did pick up chico so you pick up chico you toss his body over your shoulder then you drop him onto a helicopter all awesome like i did get that far in ground zeros you go and pick up pause who's been tortured the fuck up and, uh, and you, you just get on... bolt and balloon her out, right? <laughs> if he had it, everyone would have been safe. No, uh, so you take her onto the helicopter, and uh, as you're flying away, the medic in the helicopter, who also happened to be voiced by Kiefer Sutherland, um, 
notices that there's something or maybe it's snake or big boss that notices but someone notices that there's a ticking sound and it turns out that within her stomach she uh paused the girl had had a bomb placed there surgically why would they put a ticking sound on a bomb see i maybe it wasn't a <laughs> she ate a clock too it, just, <laughs> it was a false positive in the best possible way <laughs> was it the ticking sound i can't recall anyways so as you're escaping guantanamo bay with pause you discover that and pause gets up and she's go- like about ready to jump out of the helicopter because she's got the bomb in this, this is no, no no that's it that's it she wakes up and is like and everyone's like don't worry we got all the bombs and she's like do you did i don't think you got all of them <laughs> I am the bomb. There is one. I'm the bomb.com. There's one in my stomach or something. She doesn't even say it, but like you see this. Yeah, whatever the case is. So she goes and she's about to fall out of the helicopter to, you know, blow up on her own and save save everyone. But while she's blowing up or while she's falling, she blows up. And that's that's where we fast forward to the hospital scene in Phantom Pain and you're missing your arm. Uh, So the the plot twist is that snake actually got out of snake big boss got out of that pretty fine the medic got the fuck kicked out of him and they ended up performing plastic surgery so the face you make at the start of the game is actually the medic's face like your original face they turn you into big boss because they know that big boss is going to be targeted so wait so everyone who played this game when it first came out already had a clue because i just assumed that part was for the multiplayer expansion that is out now that did not come out with the original well right yeah um everyone had that clue yes and there were people that had actually predicted that to be the case but the majority of people did not know that was the case unless they spoiled themselves i mean before the game was out i don't think anyone or the majority of people knew that that was going to be the case. That was like a crazy ass conspiracy theory that someone had. And probably super satisfying for that guy. Like <laughs> when his fucking fuck. Yeah. Yeah. When it, when his like Reddit post, which has probably now been immortalized in some form turned out to be completely true. And at least in a positive way and not in the, uh, EA way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, we'll get there. Uh, but, Will we? Will at, we get there? At the same time, like, all right. So, so, so the thing is, I think what makes that story good is when you realize that even though you're not big boss, that you're actually the only good guy in the situation, because a lot of the things that Venom, as you can call him, does contradicts the actions of Big Boss in the last game, and uh, Peace Walker specifically. Like he won't use child soldiers. He wants to like reform the kids and reintroduce them to society or into integrate them back into society. Um, and he's like, even after he learns that he's not big boss, he's willing to play the part and basically sacrifice himself because the end of this game is the start of the original Metal Gear, where big boss supposedly dies to mm. to Solid Snake. When it turns out that. Like, apparently, this game resolves one of the biggest plot holes, biggest, excuse me, one of the first plot holes in this series, if you could say that, in which, how does Big Boss survive Metal Gear 1 
to and show up, show up in Metal, up in Metal Gear, Gear Solid Four. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but but yeah, exactly. The the whole point is basically that Venom is actually the good guy in the situation, and Big Boss is a scumbag. That that maybe makes the story good if you know the twist, but I think I might be the only person that cares about that. No, I believe it. I mean, I didn't know all of this, and I feel like that's a pretty compelling story. I like it. And now I don't have to experience all of it to play it. I mean, to <laughs> I don't have to play it all, experience it all to know it, and I can still appreciate it, so that's why I actively seek out plot twists. Yeah, you don't have to Fulton 50 people out, like, or probably more than that. Probably Fulton hundreds of people playing that fucking game. Exactly. Fun game, though. Like, if you don't like the gameplay, obviously there's no value at which <laughs> for you to play it. But, like, I, I think even if there wasn't a story, I probably would have enjoyed dicking around in that game for a, a handful of hours. Makes sense. Without so, the story, I probably wouldn't have played past six or seven hours, though. But I will say that some spoilers, there's a spoiler for, there's a time and a place for every spoiler. And if a spoiler is so old, and by granted, so old's being two months now at this point, released to people being able to buy the spoiler at this point. Right, right. So if it's a movie, wait until it's on DVD for two months, then you can spoil the end of it. And, you know, that passes the statute of limitations at that point. So, but otherwise, I'm saying, it's like, yeah, spoil yeah. the endings of everything. Because someone's too lazy to figure it out for themselves. Who would have thought that the end of No Man's Sky was just you going to an... another universe, and right? Is it another universe? Or is it the same exact universe? We don't know. I, I always <laughs> heard that there was supposedly something deeper than the surface plot to that game. Yeah, but it certainly wasn't the development or the gameplay. So. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, you know what, you know I good agree spoiler? with Cookie here, too, that spoilers primarily don't hurt media too much, especially if you wait for this totally arbitrary, but still at least somewhat useful metric of statute of limitations. Hey, man, don't go talking about the end of the Game of Thrones episode Monday morning. Yeah, I mean, I've stayed, out of, I've stayed out of that, which is pretty impressive that I haven't had Game of Thrones spoiled for me. Uh, I've ruined all of season seven for myself, and I was much happier after I did it because it meant I didn't have to watch it. Yeah, I mean, you're doing... Uh, you might piss off some people. Some people get very upset about spoilers, but at the same time, you might be doing people generally a favor by letting them know if this media even interests them or not and if they want to dig into it more they at least know about it but i'd still exercise caution so i do have a question i wouldn't go around just yelling spoilers all the time like nobody walks around town yelling dumbledore dies and there's good reason for that (laughs) i I feel like i feel like people actually do that just to make fun of it now (laughs) i i am pretty sure uh we went to like, I can't remember where this was, but this was either in Omaha or Boulder, and we were at, like, a movie. Two very similar locations. <laughs> we were at a movie for something. I can't remember what it what it was, but just, and it was not related to Harry Potter at all, and someone in the theater at the start just yells, Dumbledore dies! <laughs> and I, fuck. It, it it couldn't have been Lord of the Rings because that came out before Dumbledore died. 
Yeah, before he died. Could have been the Hobbit. Maybe, maybe that was it. (laughs) Oh, shit, I I didn't say that in mic. You might need to take this sample. Could have been the Hobbit, though. And <laughs> wait, how did you not say that in mic? Because he has a headset mic and he has a. I, yeah, I'm, I'm working with fancy. a multiple mic operation here. Um, and also, I was chilly, so I was grabbing a blanket. All right, but I think that just about does it for spoiler talk. What'd you guys think of the end of the cube? Did you guys play the cube? The cube? No. Yeah. It was like this uh, iPhone game, iPad game, where there was just this giant cube and it was everyone would go and pop pixels on a cube to like reveal colors. And as you would keep going down to layers and one person, the person that popped the last cube gets a surprise and no one ever found out what it was because the person who got it hadn't told anybody. When you huh. said the cube, I was thinking you were talking about the movie. No, no. Man. Or the cube too. Oh God. Those are both also great movies. movies. <laughs> are they really? No, they're not. <laughs> Oh, they were they were recommended on Sierra's Netflix, and I was like, "Is this worth giving a shot?" Does this mean that Sierra <laughs> likes it bad suspicious movies? Suspicious to me. Yes. <laughs> um. Either way, we're going to talk stop. about something else. Do we have time to talk about anything else? Are you going to be able to edit this all together? I mean, this is going to be a long episode regardless. It's fine. We're in person for the first time in a while, or at least Cookie and I are. Don't That's know where the true. fuck you are. Uh, yeah, EA has been making a name for itself lately. By being a bastard? <laughs> Wait, so EA was voted the worst company to work for again? They're usually on the top of that list. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I mean, who wants to keep making Madden over and over and over? Madden people do. EA's also <laughs> making the uh, rounds' worst company to buy games from. Especially if you're interested in games like battlefront specifically battlefront too so unless you love gambling so i'll make it quick uh shit happened last week when people basically realized how much time or money they'd have to invest to unlock all of the content within battlefront 2 more wait did they say all the content or were they did they specifically break it down to Darth Vader or yeah. Luke Skywalker? More specifically, oh, it was afterwards, Ray and they, Darth Vader. They started to talk about how much specific characters or heroes, I guess, is what they call them, right? Yeah, uh, would cost. Before I touch that, to unlock everything within the game, some people were calculating it to be around four thousand five hundred and twenty-eight hours, or two thousand one hundred dollars. Nice. Yeah, and, and even after that, you still didn't have a chance to get everything. So, <laughs> so, right. So it's a lot of time to invest to get what's considered desirable content, especially if it's desirable, game changing, or game impacting content. To be fair, like those figures didn't factor in the amount of in-game currency you would get by completing the single-player campaign and doing other sorts of achievements. Like, oh. You had a kill streak in this round, so you got X number of bonus points or whatever. Yeah, but some people really suck at games, so you have to have the bare minimum analysis as well. Yeah, exactly. And and who plays single player? Well, that that was one of the big complaints about Battlefront One or the the new Battlefront. That so there was no single player. Yeah, exactly. This is kind of besides the point, but this version doesn't seem to have a great single player campaign either. It I, from what I have read it comes off as a fan fiction of like, 
how can we put every character into this campaign mode so we get you know you get a chance to play as everyone and that sort of thing so it ends up it would be hard to match how good the campaign was for battlefront 2 the original um for i believe what playstation 2 era mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like that was that was an amazing campaign i don't i don't see developers wasting their time developing awesome single player like that when multiplayer has become really the money maker yeah especially when it's ea who just can visceral and uh i know right (laughs) yeah like i mean this is not surprising at all right uh but then more recently it sounds like just four days ago a reddit post came up on a reddit post came up titled seriously i paid 80 dollars to have vader locked which then ea gave their their statement that um they essentially got eviscerated for afterward is there any specific excerpt you want to read from that statement absolutely it's the first quoted portion as well if you go to this reddit portion um which is the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes but since this is a loot box kind of randomized thing i don't see how anyone can take pride or accomplishment in uh accidentally rolling that like legendary pharaoh skin which feels really great when you get it but when you've gotten your fourth junk rat skin in a row and you never play him it really it's it just kills morale so i think it's it's a, exactly a uh, a perfect statement for them to highlight and just say really ea you're gonna you're gonna go that far to give us that kind of bullshit line like randomized loot boxes under absolutely no context provide any form of accomplishment but pride there's no pride either (laughs) but yeah that is uh that belongs to the was it the most downvoted comment of all of all reddit history now for a website that's been up for about 12 12 years is that the, what it is something I, close to that i think so the uh it's end at of least their, a decade and i don't think it's much more than that the end of their post states our team will continue to make changes and monitor community feedback and update everyone as soon and as soon and as often as we can which and, they did and update they were, us yeah they were contacted by uh i'm sure disney and disney's shareholders um <laughs> this is a great wall street journal excerpt um the call a call was made to express disney's executives unhappiness at how the outrage reflected on their marquee property um and so pretty much after they contacted ea it was shortly afterward that ea decided to temporarily remove their in-game payments uh addressing fan concerns and that's the other i think keyword too is it's temporary and therefore it doesn't seem like a particularly viable fix for me they may in fact in this case temporarily temporarily remove it people will buy the game with the satisfaction that they don't have to deal with this system and then ea can retroactively implement it after they've made a pretty good number of sales with this release over the holidays so wouldn't there um wait didn't they also nerf the amount of scraps you would need in order to, yes. to like get Darth Vader by like seventy five percent? Yeah, but they, they also did nerf reduced, the currency. They also reduced the bonus 
Is is that what it's called? Scraps actually or points? I don't I'm, fucking know. I'm, I'm, I'm using crystal points. shards or dust or something Blue like that. Essence. <laughs> uh, so I. Oh, oh, it's crystals. It is crystals. Just to confirm. Okay. Okay. So they also killed the amount of crystals you got for completing the single player campaign, which is like a significant amount because before it was like twenty thousand or something. I think. I think Darth Vader was like eighty thousand or seventy five thousand. I think he is now like 75,000 oh, is now uh, based on like the one scam of reddit i've ever done <laughs> <laughs> i i don't recall uh the specific values at this point but they they cut down the bonus of uh 25,000 or so from the single player campaign down to i think 5,000 so the change to darth vader specifically and or heroes is not the only thing they've also been nerfing other earned amounts of points or crystals so basically they were like hey but now it's cheaper hey we're the also numbers giving you are less. all smaller yeah <laughs> exactly so who knows like what what they what they did before they disabled microtransactions and like i don't know this is super alarming good for news me. is good news is activision Activision's Call of Duty World War II is so broken that they haven't even had a chance to turn all microtransactions. <laughs> yeah, the the like the community hub, like the public hub still is offline at this point, right? So you can't even mm-hmm. see other people. Yeah, not unless you invite them to your party. Uh, so yeah. But either way, back to EA and their microtransactions. Micro offenses? Micro offenses. Yeah, they're microaggressions on my credit card. There you go. Um, I think it's it's best summed up by this quote. It's like a million pre-orders cried out and were silenced all at once. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. It's alarming though, just knowing that, like they're they're even willing to go to this length, because the only reason it was this bad is because someone in marketing, or maybe not marketing, but someone in their office was like this is a realistic number we can address or value we can assign to these characters or to these assets or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, or maybe rem- someone in that department was just like, oh, just throw it. a number on it. Well, it's just, I'm reminded to these crazy stories about people spending like thousands of dollars per month on mobile games. And right. those people exist uh, for like, you know, console and PC gaming as well. And like, at some point, we're going like maybe maybe this is the game where we see, like, a developer does not have to make the majority of people happy, just the they people just that are to willing to throw out money. People happy, right? Yeah. So if they cut down their player base by thirty percent or forty percent by this, but five percent of their player base or even smaller is willing to put out the premium cash to unlock these things like may, maybe this is a good business decision by them or would have been had all this backlash not happened because like if, if Disney and now granted I, I read that like specifically this, the CEO of Disney operations did not technically reach out but someone did from Disney uh, to EA if yeah they, I just got executives I didn't in uh, the reports I read so, so if, if they had not reached out to EA, I don't think they would have pulled down or taken down microtransactions. Agreed. 
some guy walks in and presenting that this is how we can uh, keep our profits up, even though we lose player base, we'll be able to exploit this number of our remaining player base. Their CEO is going to look at him and say, do it. Going to so, channel channel good old Emperor Palpatine and just <laughs> you know go for the throat on the profit garnering end. So I say the person, the people that did it right, dead or alive, five, final fight. Yeah, because the game was free. The game was free, and if you wanted to buy all of the DLC in that game, the potential grand total as of January 17, 2017, $716.38. That's for costumes. That's just costumes. That's not getting paying the $20 for the core. Yeah. It comes down to like the same thing I think we've all been agreeing, agreeing on. If you're DLC or if you have to pay for aesthetics, that's perfectly fine. That's fair game. But as soon as you put a monetary, monetary value on a game that you bought to functionality, and, and this in this case, that's what they were doing because they, they had basically the hurdle to get these objects or things beyond the realistic reach for most of their player base. Like that that's when that's when you've committed like the cardinal sin of DLC and uh like pay to win. And, and I guess you would even say it's pay to win at that point because the heroes are not uh just aesthetic changes or stylistic no, they're not changes. trivial. They're literally like OP versions of the typical soldier, right? Yep, and Yoda right. for the win, because no one can hit Yoda. Because <laughs> he's so small. He's so small. Yeah, that damn hitbox. I take that last number back I gave you. It's uh, $1,117.34. Rivaled only by Train Simulator, $6,052.26. Is Train Simulator <laughs> also free to play? I don't know Train Simulator is free to play, no, I think but you, it is I on think Steam. you have to pay for Train Simulator, and you definitely have to pay for those... Uh, custom rims <laughs> but yeah Man, either I, way yeah. how how is train simulator like how do they have that much fucking dlc <laughs> I don't know, man. who cares this is i don't think it's a relevant topic <laughs> there there are 413 individual content packs on steam for train simulator <laughs> uh, i'm gonna name off some of the more expensive ones okay we have the train simulator train simulator Constan's uh villain villain gen route add-on. Wait, what are you even doing, train simulator? <laughs> you, you fucking push your lever to go faster and then you pull it to go slower, right? Kind of. It's kind of like that mudden simulator. Mutton simulator? Mudden. Mudden. Oh, oh, you're talking about a oh, truck simulator, or whatever it was fucking um, called. Doesn't matter. Spin tires, right? Yeah, spin tires. It's muddy. But, but spin tires, like you're not on a set of rails. <laughs> you are on a set of rails in the sense that you can't get out of the car, Neil. No, I think you can get out of the car because oh, well, you can switch vehicles in spin tires. Oh, well, never mind then. Maybe you don't have to leave the car. You just instantly teleport your consciousness <laughs> to like another vehicle. Ooh, it's cars. <laughs> like I suddenly have this immense desire for. <laughs> for train simulator all right i don't know why i'm getting so excited about this but six thousand dollars for a fucking simulator makes me question all faith in like game economics and the the industry of gaming well then i think we should move on to our uh a, a further wasting money topic are you guys ready to tackle our email i sure am bob read it out loud and read it proud 
All right. From uh, an anonymous listener of ours, speaking of wasting money on Fallout 4 and DLC, what do you think was your worst or most wasteful purchase regarding video games? It might be a common one, but mine would be the Wii U. I picked it up for one game and never picked up another title. I'd like to know what game it was that they got the Wii U for. Me too. How do you give us like a bone like that and not... I know. It's a Nintendo Uh, exclusive. It's definitely not Super Smash Bros. 4. That's for sure. Because that game's amazing. And I would buy a Wii U just for that. But who knows? Who knows? (laughs) Um, I was thinking about it. And my short and simple answer is any Elder Scrolls game. I've bought Skyrim three times and i've bought oblivion i think at least <laughs> oh i've bought oblivion three times as well actually oh my god so um, but did you did you play the for Elder multiple Scrolls consoles games? and systems uh and i don't want to go into the details very much but i've been disappointed with myself both for both acquisitions so and i bought you... morrowind and i've played that for five minutes and so i'm pretty ashamed about that purchase too so so when you purchase them each time did you at least get an hour out of it sans Morrowind? Uh, yes, probably, except for the last time I bought Oblivion. But I also bought it for like $4 with all the DLCs, so that one doesn't sting as much. I can dig it. Well, I've got you beat. SNES Classic. Oh, yeah, that's true. I turned that's it on for point. five minutes to play some Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Or three. <laughs> Three, six, doesn't matter. I literally played Neil's SNES Classic more than I've played my own. <laughs> At least everything else I can say, oh yeah, you know, I got I got a good like two days of playing it out of my system. Worth it. This thing? Nah, man. The the writer mentioned a console and that kind of prompted me to think about the PS3 purchase I made. Because I bought that thinking I was going to be playing Persona 5 on it. Yeah, those uh, those <laughs> delays, you know. Never see it coming. <laughs> yeah, I never did see it coming. Um, well, so so I bought that, and I'm trying to think of the games I actually played on the PS3 with it because I didn't play Last of Us on that. Played that on the PS4. I played GTA V, which I could have just ended up waiting like four or five months and getting it on the PS4. I don't think I played any other games. On the PS3, like I, I'm, I know I did. I'm just struggling to come up with them. That's also indicative of the waste. If you can't yeah, exactly. Remember. Within like a month of the PS4 being out, I had already played. I mean, Bloodborne alone, like I feel like completely made made, made that purchase. It validated your purchase. Yeah. and actually, same for me. Like I bought the Last of Us PS4 bundle, and I played that start to finish, and then Bloodborne, and I think with that alone, like. I had enough use that I can cut down the dollars I spent into like less than a dollar per minute of play. And I think that's totally worth it. Hell, I, I'm sure at this point I'm into like sub dollar per hour. Or I mean, like I, I've gotten past the point of like a dollar per hour I've spent on that thanks to Persona 5 and Bloodborne alone. Totally. Which in that case, like that makes me feel perfectly like really good about a purchase uh in terms yeah of, i think you should feel great about that like the economy of that's amazing in terms of games i would say that this year in general i don't think there's been any really bad purchases i've made like everything's been pretty stellar at this point and i still haven't played near uh i still haven't played 
I still haven't played like a lot of games at this point that I want to play before the year's over. Got some hot pot topics. Oh, I'll make did. them real quick. Oh, and if you would like to send in your word, you can write us at podcast at fancyramen.com. So two really quick hot pot topics. PUBG publishers Blue Hole Studios announced a new game called Ascent Infinite Realm. It's a steampunk MMORPG. Just to be really clear, this is not the same studio or developer as PUBG, though. Uh, and I think a lot of people were getting kind of heated because PUBG is not out yet. Why would they start a new game? But hold your horses. It's not actually PUBG's developer. I thought it was interesting, though, because steampunk MMORPG. Come on. Come on, man. I still like team punk MMORPG, MMORPG better. But either way. Would it be like a high school team, but they're all punks? Could be. Who knows? Team either punk. way. Noctis. Noctis is going to be in Tekken 7. Almost thought that's at 17 for a second. I was like, yeah, I thought he was already in Final Fantasy 17. <laughs> 18, 16. I need to beat that game. Final Fantasy 15? I think I might wait until the PC version's out. But they finally finished it, I think. Did they finish it? Uh, the Ignis episode is back, yeah. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I can finally finish it. And then I can get the DLC for the... Um, shit, that DLC is like 20 bucks. The multiplayer expansion? Something like that. Yeah, either way. Multiplayer, uh, I've looked... I, I don't know. That, that, we'll save that topic for another time. <sighs> yeah, so... While uh, Scott has gone to use the restroom... Oh, I think I'm back. We, oh, damn I've it. I've been back. Sorry. No, you're fine. Didn't um, want to hop in there and didn't have much to say. It, it's just like in and general... And how do you know I was using the restroom? Because you said BRB in uh, Discord? And you yeah. got a baby bladder in real life. <laughs> yeah, we, we've known that. <laughs> like, I have not no, had to go straight to that. Scott didn't often. have a package to sign or, you know, a letter to send. You don't get it's those Sunday. you live with your parents <laughs> nerd <laughs> <laughs> so i i was gonna say i have not experienced like this the small bladder ever since i cut the fuck down on the amount of coffee i've had i'm swinging around a bottle of uh unsweetened straight up tea from snapple gross yeah it's not very I, good but it's, i drink water it's honestly. just the right amount of caffeine for me but you also just have a baby bladder so baby bladder pop baby bladder pop (laughs) (laughs) i never want to hear about a bladder popping holy shit uh but so i just just out of curiosity do you think noctis going to tekken 7 is crazier than ninja turtles being in injustice 2 i think ninja turtles being in injustice 2 was a little bit more out there but isn't there actually a crossover between like Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? There is. You're fucking right. So they're part of the same universe. I guess the weird one is Battletoads being in um, Killer, Killer Instinct. Instinct. Yeah, that is super weird. <laughs> but at the same time, like Battletoads, we've only seen Battletoads in their cartoony form, or had only seen them in that form. So like, and then they went full on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, three. What was the movie where the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were live and they look creepy where as fuck? Where they don't have any noses? <laughs> yes. That's yeah, one of them. But it makes sense. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's weird seeing an R, a fantasy RPG character going to Tek- Tekken 7. I'm also just really surprised that Square Enix was just like, yeah, this is a great idea. What's next? Like, for any of these games. I don't know. We'll find out next week. 
I'm guessing it's going to be Ray from Star Wars. Makes sense. I guess. And Soul Calibur 7. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Maybe, uh, Soul Calibur already brought in Star Wars characters, so that's not that far-fetched. Setting up the precedent. Exactly. Yeah. If you have comments, questions, or corrections, you can write into podcast at fancyramen.com. And if you've been enjoying the show, leave a review with us on Apple Podcasts. But most importantly, please tell a friend and help us grow our audience. And this has been episode 41 of the Fancy Ramen Podcast, a our podcast about video games. special. Whoa, sorry, I missed that entirely. What? <laughs> it's our reunion special. Because we're all live. Yeah, we're all, we're all alive, and you two are live, and I'm sort of live. Are we actually live? I don't think we're actually streaming this anymore. No, we're not actually streaming this anymore. No. Because you realized it was a bad idea without Scott. Yeah, but I've got an idea. If yeah, we, we'll we'll work on that. If element. we were to make this live, what we would end up doing is hooking an output from one of these headphones ends into a separate computer and or device to stream. Makes sense. I was also going to just wait for our next um one to be what's that word that you use when you remote the next remote we do? I'll just switch it. Oh yeah. I'm Cookie. I'm Neil. And I'm Scott. And this was Fancy Ramen Podcast, a podcast about only video games and nothing else. Just just video games. <laughs> I don't know why you make that distinction now. Just video games. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, it's a little late, but <laughs> what the heck. <laughs>